Uh, I've been talking, let's see, this is, I had a three-part series that I wanted to speak, and this is part number four or five of that three-part series. <laughs> and we're going to, this morning we're going to be talking about, as I have promised, the church, his church, the church, his church. I thought so cool that, that the lyrics to that song that Christy was singing last, like, Jesus be the center of it all. It's about his church, his church, the church of Christ, church of Jesus Christ. And uh, we have a microphone right there. I wanted, we're going to talk about the church, but we're going to open that, break into this with talking about deer camp. Oh, it gets really quiet here. Like, How in the world does deer camp have anything to do with, grab that mic right there, Cass, on your, Cassie was sharing a story with me about deer camp for them this year and some of the things that happened at deer camp and we were talking back and forth about about that story and it's like wow that's amazing you, you really need to share that with the church so uh the deer camp story Cass I'm gonna deer stay right camp here story good morning church your beautiful faces just bring me joy Cassie Hardy my daughter-in-law oh, yeah <laughs> welcome Cassie thank you Good morning, good morning. Um, so we had a, a beautiful time at uh, deer camp this year, even though we're dirty and stinky and all that cold. good. It's cold sometimes. Um, but we, we were blessed. And it's an, a, you know, a huge annual event for our family. And um, it's uh, my husband's sanctuary, kind of. Being out in God's country is when he feels closest to God. To be able to admire his creation is such a beautiful thing. So um, at deer camp this year, uh, I got the first deer, opening day. <laughs> we had a running bet with a camp down the road. My son had bet them $5 that we would have more deer hanging on the end of the, end of the day on opening day than they would. So um, my son took me. My son Tannerson, that handsome thing over there. Oh, <laughs> um, he's my guide now. He takes mom out two years in a row, one shot. Well, not for both years, one shot each year. He puts me on the deer. Um, I think she's bragging now. One shot, got her deer. Huh? Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, so we did that. Uh, that was Thursday night. Friday night. Uh, well, that night had gotten really cold, a lot colder than we expected. Um, and How cold? It was about 10 degrees. That's what I thought. That's cold. About 10 degrees that night. We have our, our camp trailer, but we also have um, big sheep herders tents, if you've ever seen those. And they have wood stoves in them, but it's a lot of work because the wood stove is not very big. Um, so you're stoking it all night. And uh, anyhow, so the next Friday night, we'd got... Others had gone out. Now I'm the camp cook because that's what mama does is feeds everybody. Um, so I think my daughter Missy had gotten her deer on Friday. Christy Lynn, she's not in here yet. She'd gotten hers that day too. So all the girls had tagged out. And uh, so that night, um, everybody's coming in late because we hunt till dark. And uh, everybody's starting to roll in and, and it's it's dark and we have a big fire going outside and I'm, I'm inside preparing a feast for everyone. And um, so, so all of a sudden I, I see the flames of the fire and 
but I see two weirdly shaped heads out there. I'm thinking, what in the world? Well, they were helmets. And uh, <laughs> was deer weird. hunting helmets. Yeah, deer hunting helmets. That's why it was a little bit odd because I thought, what in the world, you know? Uh, so, anyways, my husband comes in a few minutes later and he said, there's a couple of gentlemen out here that have been riding bicycles and they're cold. And Stuart had found them, uh, Stuart Billings, our, our good friend here. Um, he had actually towed them up the hill because they had gotten tired. <laughs> they were cold. They had their little spandex suits on. <laughs> and uh, it must have been about, oh, it was probably 20 degrees at this time. And uh, they're sweaty. And now it's dangerous. And um, so they asked if they could come warm up by our fire. And absolutely, Stuart brought them back to camp and, and uh, got them warmed up. And once my husband had assessed the situation, you know, he wanted to make sure they were safe. We have our family there. Um, he's, he came in the camper and he said, these guys um, were planning on staying the night out here. And they'd been visiting around the fire and they'd said, well, we have sleeping bags and they go to five degrees. And my son says, did you know that those ratings are not meant that you'll be comfortable at five degrees? <laughs> it means you will probably be kept alive, but it doesn't mean you're going to be comfortable. And uh, they kind of thought, oh, okay. So my husband came in the camper and he said, you know, they're, they're cold and uh, I'm just wondering how you feel about this if, if we were to invite them to stay. And I said, you know what? If Jesus knocked on that door today, would you let him in? Would you feed him? Would you keep him warm? And he said, absolutely. So he turned around and walked out. And those gentlemen were invited to, to stay at our camp. And they stayed the night in one of our tents. We made sure they had lots of wood. We gave them cots. We let them dry their clothes out. We fed them. And we got to love on them. And they're not, I mean, they're not like us. <laughs> We're not bike riders. <laughs> We're not spandex wearers. <laughs> no offense to anybody who is. That's great. It's not for us. We're in our 40s. You don't wear spandex anymore. <laughs> uh, anyhow, we got to love on them. And they asked for our address, and, and we've, you know, we got up in the morning, had coffee together, and I made him breakfast, and, and we just got to visit. And so he, uh, one of the gentlemen said, can I get your address? I'd really love to send you a thank you card. And I thought, that would be awesome. So when we got home from camp a couple of days later, this was in the mail for us. I want to share it with you. It says, Cassie and Sean... You and your family were a godsend and a gift we never expected to find in our travels. Please take this card as a small token of our appreciation. Dear Sean and Cassie and family, thank you so much for supporting us at your camp. We were unprepared for the elements, and your thoughtfulness and caring way was much appreciated. Most of all, thank you for sharing your family with us. It all made for an outstanding evening and morning. We will never forget your collective kindness. Sincerely, Robert and Peter. And in this card, 
was a Cabela's gift certificate for $200. That has disappeared. It disappeared within 30 seconds of me opening the card. <laughs> so I think my husband's going to get a new toy. Uh, as I read this card, I felt the Holy Spirit start stirring something within me. And I started to think to myself, are you unprepared for the elements? Are you ready for what you're going to face? And the Lord just started talking to me about my church, about people who come into my church who maybe are new believers. Are they clothed? Are they fed? Are they warm? That's our job. That's our job as a church. To feed them. To clothe them. To keep them warm. And we do that by equipping and teaching and training and loving. And so it just really it started to stir in me and how important this church is to me, how important you guys are. You know, I didn't used to be able to say that. I would walk in the doors. It was very surface layer. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thank you. Even though my world may have been falling apart, it was, it was just very surface level. And um, that has changed for me now. And, and God has given me this love and compassion for each and every one of you, even though we're not the same. You may not deer hunt. You may wear the spandex. <laughs> But I love you. I have a deep love for you. And Jesus gave me that. And so when I walk in these doors and I see your faces, there's so much joy inside of me because it's not on the surface anymore. I want to know you. I hope you want to know me. I'm teaching part of the cooking class, so if you want to come get to know me. <laughs> but that's our job, and that's what people have done here for me, is clothe me and feed me and keep me warm. When I needed encouragement, when I needed built up, when I just needed to hear that I was going to be okay, that's our job. That is our job as a church, to love. So anyways, it stirred up this in me. And it was a beautiful thing how something so simple in life could reflect the church body. So I want to share that. Thank you. Bless you. Yeah, my son did well. Speaking of that cooking class, not only is she pretty, she can cook. And that was awesome, wasn't it? I'm still having a, should have had him stand up. I'm still a little bit stuck on Sean in spandex. <laughs> oh, oh, I do remember seeing that. He coached softball. He and Cassie coached high school softball, girls softball. 
And they said if they won, if he said if they won the state championship, he's like a Wrangler guy and boots and stuff that he would end up running from around the bases in spandex and tennis shoes. <laughs> and he did. They won the state championship. So <laughs> that's probably why I'm having a hard time with that in my head. Isn't that cool? The, 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 I'm going to have to really get on track here now, Lynn. It's like, Lord, we just, we just thank you. We thank you for your goodness. And I say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We give you the rest of this service. And I say, I give you my tongue. I give it to you that you would just use me this morning to effectively communicate the message that you've given me. And I give you thanks, and I give you praise, and say, Holy Spirit, have your way. And together, let's just say, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. That's like... The first thing that I have written down here is building people is building his church, or building his church is building people. That's what it's really all about. It's building his people, serving his people. Jesus said, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. I remember, I'm going to just share this story again really quick, and I know I've shared it at least two times, that, that the things that I have accomplished in my life, when I first started coming to this church, I had probably had five businesses by then, and None, none that failed, so I was pretty successful in business, reasonably successful in business. Just say reasonably successful. I, I, I knew how to do a lot of things. I've been a builder. I've done, you know, built apartments, built some houses, remodeling, commercial, residential, heating and air conditioning. I had that business for 28 years. And so I decided, after being a part of the church for about four years, that I was ready to do something for the church, kind of like, kind of like Doreen. It's like... You know, where do I serve? I say, Pastor Rutson, I've sold my business. I, I want to I give you two weeks of my very, very, very valuable time. <laughs> he said, okay. So we set a date, and building was going on. In the, in, we were building at that point in the, in, on the gym, the first side, phase one, over there, and it was getting close to completion. So it's like, yeah get in here for some of the glory time right now, and, and there are things that I know how to do. So I'm assuming there's a good-sized crew that worked around here that he would be putting me in charge of something, some phase. I had electrical business and heating business, and like I said, I knew how to build stuff. So you are so fortunate to have me come in here for a couple of weeks and, and donate two weeks of my time to you. So I showed up. He said, okay, be here at 8.30 the first, on a Monday morning. It's like, you got me for two weeks. 8.30 it is. I showed up at 8.30, ready to serve with all of the gifts and talents that I have. Such a myriad of gifts and talents to, to, to bring to the, to the table here. And what do you want me to do? I mean, I was really pretty excited that night before about, you know, I wonder what I'm going to do. What's he going to have me do? I think he's got a pretty good idea of some of the gifts that I have and the talents that I have. So I showed up here, and, and what, what do you want me to do? And he said, well, I got two guys 
they're on work release or community service, one or the other. So these are the guys that I'm going to get to work with, to lead. And said, so see all of those weeds out there? Like this high and this high. I've been running that hose to soften them up. I want you to pull those weeds. It's like, you're kidding me. This is a joke, right? That's the thoughts that are going through my head, but he's a pretty serious guy. He's not done a lot of joking with me at that time yet. Uh, no, that's, that's not a joke. Uh, he really wants me to go pull those weeds. He wants me to go pull those weeds. Needless to say, Lynn Hardy had a lot of pride issues to work through. Uh, Paul talks something about not thinking more highly of yourself than you ought. It's like, you know, sometimes there are things, things that need to be done at the church and in the church that are way beneath my skill set and my gifting that need to be done. And I think it was a little test to see if I would actually be willing to do that, but I was not given option two. It was those weeds. It's like I'm thinking, okay, well, there's a glimmer of hope. What am I going to do when I get these weeds done? Is it this little patch? It's like, oh, oh no, no, no. Weeds were all around this. All we had was parking lot, and this whole section wasn't here yet, and all of those islands and all that area for grass, and it was all full of those weeds. That was my first mission. When he got the weeds cleared off, now put sprinklers out there, run a mile and a half of trencher through all of this and drop PVC in the trench. It's like, <sighs> I'm only giving you two weeks of my time and you have me on grunt detail. Again, I say, it's when God is calling us into something, to become a part of something, there is a process that will build and establish your character before your gifting will end up really being released and before he can actually effectively use you. Your character has to be built and established and sometimes that requires some yes, I can do that, yes, I will, and some patience and it doesn't have all that much to do with what your gifting is, but what needs to be done. Did everybody hear that? It's like, ouch. That, but, 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 you don't understand, Pastor. I have been trained, and I know how to do this, and I know how to do this. That's what I'm called to do, and you're asking me to, and that's what I was, the thoughts that were going through my mind. You don't understand. I, did you bump your head? You don't know what all I know how to do, and you're asking me to pull weeds? Like, okay. We got that established? That sometimes, there's a character building. And when, when, when you come to the pastor or the assistant pastor or the associate pastor and say, I want to serve here, what, you know, what can I do? I'm really good at singing. I'm really good at playing the guitar. I'm really good at, I'm really good at. It's like, well, we need somebody to pull the weeds. Are you willing to pull the weeds? 
There's one. <laughs> we got... All right, Candace. When we do all things as unto the Lord, we are doing it unto the Lord. When you give somebody a drink of water in my name, you have given it unto me. Cassie says that there are people that are, that are coming in that need to be served, that need to be clothed, that need to be the babied, and that need to be loved on, that need a little hug. You know, I think, I think of deer camp where the, when... I'm going to talk a little... I'm going to go back to deer camp here a little bit. Uh, Tanner, my grandson, yeah, he's sitting over there next to his, next to his mom. He is... You know Rolando. Everybody knows who Rolando is. Susie's husband, Rolando. Her son, Rolando. He was at deer camp with these guys as as well. And he came back and told me. I said, "Well, how was it?" He said, "I got to tell you, that Tanner and Sean are deer whisperers. <laughs> it's like deer whisperers." He said, "Oh, yeah. They can sniff him out. They can find him. They can see him." He said, "I can't. I can't believe it." You see, at, at, at deer camp, we're going to talk about deer camp there. There's, there were two people that showed up up there on bicycles, spandex and bicycles, at 10-degree weather. And the only way they had to get back to town was on their bicycles. They were wet from sweat, trying to climb those mountains. Thank God Stuart found them, towed them into camp, and ended up taking care of them. You know, there are people in that situation right now that, that could be in this church, sitting in this church right now, that don't know what they're going to do, that don't e even know for sure how they're going to survive or what they're going to do tomorrow. We got towed into church to be, we just call it like church camp, like deer camp, so they can get warmed up, so they can get a meal, so they can get a hug, so they can get some encouragement from somebody. And somebody then will teach them what they need to know, give them the tools for survival and the encouragement that they need. <clears throat> I think about, when we think about the, the, these two guys that showed up at, at, at deer camp there, and while they really wanted out of camp was, oh, warm up by that fire, then, oh, that food looks really good. These cold little protein bars are just not getting it when it's so cold out here in this little strip of jerky. It's like, oh, they get to come in and they get to, get to be a part of that family. That thank you was allowing them, thank you for allowing us to be a part of the experience, to be a part of the family. That's what it is when we're, people are coming into the church. It's to be a part of that family. It's to feel the warmth of the fire, the presence of God, and to just to get a chance to sit by the fire and, and, and to eat with the rest of the believers. Be a part of the family. The family experience. That's what, you know, here at, I'm going to switch back to, to deer camp again, but here at Valley Church, one of the things that I just love to hear when somebody comes in and they said, yeah, we, yeah it's, it's good to meet you, Pastor. We really in, enjoyed your church. As soon as we came in here, we felt the love of the people, and the presence of God. Had somebody that came, uh, somebody that came up to me Wednesday night in the, the harvest party that we had in, in the gym and, and said, I've been here a couple of times, and she said, I, I just feel God in this place. She said, I, I want to thank you or congratulate. I don't remember exactly. I want to thank you or congratulate. You know, good job because you can feel God in this place was the, way that, was the way that she put it. 
I said, you know, that is, that is music to my ears. Thank you for sharing that with me. Thank you for sharing that with me. And when people say we feel the love and we feel the presence of God, it's like, yes, we're doing some of it right. The most important part, we're doing right. Our mission statement is to equip and empower you to fulfill your purpose in Christ, raising up, training up. And if your mission, if to fulfill your purpose and your mission is to go somewhere else, to go to another church, to go someplace else, so be it. We bless you and send you. It's like Doreen. She's a family member that's leaving, but she's going to minister to somebody else. She's going to be a blessing somewhere else. We love her for that. We're going to miss her, but God bless her. She received what she needed while she was here, and she was a blessing. Sometimes I was, I was talking with an individual. I love to get one-on-one time with people. I was talking to a, a guy and says, so tell me, do you come to church to receive? Or to, I, just, I simplified it. I took it down a level. I said, do you come to church to get or do you come to church to give? And he said, well, well, I come to get. I need something, so I come to get. It's like, that's awesome. You know, when you get just a little bit mature, more mature, you're going to be expected to give. It's like, give? <laughs> I just need right now. I said, just about used a name. I said, always, 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 having one hand up, being raised up to that next level, and one hand down to be dragging somebody along with you, bringing somebody with you. You know, how, how important it is to invite somebody to deer camp, to get the family experience, to warm up by the fire, to have that meal together, and to get to experience family like that. Matthew said, no higher calling, no high, nothing more important. I think it was Matthew or Christy, one of them. Then getting to know God. Nothing more important, was it you, babe? Than getting to know God. You know, that's, that, that's a big part of our mission. Each one that are, that's here, like Stuart drug those two guys, actually, literally, drug those guys, towed them on their bicycles, his four-wheeler, into the camp to introduce them to everybody. It's like, you know, if, 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 you're proud of your family, as weird as some of us are. <laughs> as weird as some of us are, I, yeah, I, I would definitely fit into that, that category. That we invite somebody, that we invite our friends, that we invite somebody that we see that needs what we have, that hasn't yet experienced what we have, that we're willing to invite them, come with me. Come and meet this strange, crazy, loving family of mine. And we call it the church. The church. A bunch of strange people, but it's the church. And we love on people. Right? Isn't that what we should be doing? Is bringing people to introduce them to the rest of the family so they can actually get to know the head and who's the head? Jesus. Jesus at the center of it all. Come to the church, hang out with the family, get to know Jesus. Come to the church, hang out with the family, get to know Jesus. Hmm. That's what we're supposed to be doing. You know, there, it is like, man, when I started studying this and thinking about it, it's like, oh my word, I have so much 
material, but I just want to, so I just want to talk a little first and, and then dig into some of it. There, there are some people that really find themselves content to come in, to sit around the fire, to warm up, and eat with the people. And they, all they do is they get to hear about who Jesus is without really getting to know him. There are some people, they're just not ready yet. They're coming to church. Cassie said she came for years. She came for a long time to the church and shook hands and said, hello, 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 hello. You know, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. She shared here several months, probably close to a year ago, shared her testimony about her, her breakthrough when she first started VSSM, the Valley School of Supernatural Ministry back there, and how it started changing her life in realizing her identity and breaking out of a life of depression. Not having, not having that struggle again for, for a year and a half, coming up on a couple of years. No more darkness, no more depression. It's like, it's done, it's over, it's gone. With the revelation of who Jesus is and who she is in Jesus. <clears throat> Going to go back to hunting camp here just in a... In just a little bit, but I wanted to read a text that, that Renee got this morning. I love technology. Oh, it worked this time. Praise the Lord. I guess I won't mention any names, but she probably wouldn't care. It's so awesome. She just sent this this morning. It says, wait for the switch to happen. Die to self and live for Christ. You cannot experience true salvation until you know the switch has happened. You can be in church for years and not switch until you thirst and hunger for righteousness. This is her own revelation that she said, felt like the Lord just showed this to me and texted it to Renee this morning. When you do this, God's word will bloom and you will now see with your eyes and hear with your ears. You'll enter into his presence. You will be preconceived of the Holy One. Your whole self will transform into the likeness of Christ. You'll desire his heavenly food. Then you'll know you've truly died to self. You'll no longer depend on your wisdom or have to piggyback on the wisdom of others. But your wisdom will come from the Lord. Then you'll know the switch has happened and our Heavenly Father will reveal himself to you. Boom! The switch happened. You're now a new creature in Christ. The old things have passed and new things will be awakened in your soul. Your desire to serve will be like God serves. It's like, oh, what an amazing revelation that somebody just texted this morning about 30 minutes or so before I left, the, or before Renee left, and she left before I did. It's like, wow, thank you. Thank you, Lord. But now we're talking about <clears throat> when we come into, into church, the reasons that, you know what? It's a positive, good-feeling environment. There's great relationships to be had when you come to church. And you can just feel the energy of the people even. If you don't even understand or recognize the presence of God, just feeling the, you know, the warmth, the love, and the energy from the, from the people around you, that's an awesome thing. That's, that's like warming your hands by the fire when you're coming in wet and cold. But 
When you show up at deer camp, the Hardy family over there, when they set up deer camp, there's a purpose for their deer camp. And it's not just about building a fire and having incredible food and feasts, and they do have incredible food and feasts. Cassie shops for a week. They, take, um, they have amazing food. The stuff that they drag up there and set up in that camp and the tents and the spread that they have, man, just to go for the feast, I can, I can think, everyone here would love that part, me included. I can say for sure, experience that. But they're actually after something that they have spent a great deal of time, energy, effort, and trained at finding deer. It's like Rolando calls them deer whisperer, Sarah, because, you know, <laughs> this is something funny. This is Christie's second year, third, third year, third year, three deer, but she can't say one shot each time. But she's been up three times, come back with three deer. And this year, she came back and said, oh my goodness, I've been hanging out with these guys long enough. She said, I smelled deer this year. <laughs> so you what? I smelled them this year. We came to this place and, and Tanner or somebody go, yeah, I smell deer. Christy, oh, I do too. That's what that smell is. You know, they, you go with Tanner. He, he told a, a story while, they, while he and his father were up this. Uh, Sean will go and Tanner will go two or three times. They don't just go one time. They like to take other people so other people can have the experience and learn how to hunt and learn how to find where to find deer, how to find deer, and what they look like. You see, I can go. I took my son and taught him everything I knew about deer hunting. Got him his first couple deer, and which what I knew was very little. But he took what I taught him and built on that, and now he's like, like Rolando said, the deer whisperer. Everyone that goes in their camp ends up coming back with deer. They fill their tags. In fact, people in the camp down the road a mile or two or whatever it was realized and saw all of the deer hanging in their camp. Two of the people you know, dropped in, or I don't remember exactly how the interaction took place, but said, hey, could we go hunt with you? <laughs> so Tanner took them and got them their deer. Two guys got, is that not accurate? Two guys got their deer. So it's like, wow, this is amazing. But you see, you have to know what you're even looking at. In the last hunt that Sean and Tanner were just on, they were there, and, and a guy had walked all over. They were sitting watching, glassing, and, and, and the guy walked up to them, saw them, and, and they're in their little Honda 4 side-by-side -side thing. I don't know what that's called, ATV, and says, hey, have you guys... He says, I've walked all of these ridges. I've been all through here, and he says, I have seen... There ain't no deer here. I've seen one doe and a fawn. And Sean's like, well, there's five right over there. It's like, what? What? Tanner was telling me, he said, yeah, in that bowl that this guy had, had walked around in this ridge, he'd walked around, he said, I counted 38 deer. It's like, and the guy said, there ain't no deer around here. I saw one fawn and one, I mean, one doe and one little fawn. 
It's like, okay. It's learning what you're looking for and what you're looking at. I mean, you can be looking out, and, and, and because we're so accustomed to seeing trees, tree branches, bushes, branches, you can be looking at a deer looking right at you 200 yards away and thinking that you're seeing branches or sagebrush. I know because I've done it. been with Tanner. After he was like 12 years old, he could see 10 times better than me. Look, Papa, there's two. There's one there. It's like, what, 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 what? It's spending your time training your eyes, training your nose to know what they smell like, spending the time there to train your eyes to know what you're actually looking for. You can be right in the midst of them, like that guy had walked by, five of them, didn't see them, didn't know that there were any there, because he didn't really recognize what deer looked like. Sometimes... You can end up bringing people in, and they, they enjoy the fire, they enjoy the, the, the energy of the people, they enjoy feeling and experiencing the love of the people, but have no idea what the presence of God is like, what it feels like. They have no idea what the voice of God sounds like. Are you with me? This makes sense. It's like when you spend the time, when you spend the energy, when you spend the time in the woods like these guys do, scouting for deer, looking, 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 you recognize very quickly, there's a deer, there's a deer, there's a deer, there's a deer. That's, that's a good shootable one right there. It's like, how can you tell which one, which one, which one? The second one from the back, Dad. Oh, okay, okay. It's like... Because these guys are serious about it, they're going to get the deer to bring home the meat. The meat. I'll say that again. The meat. The meat. There's meat available. Man, there's an incredible presence of God that once you're tuned in, once you have been trained, you see, if you hang around with Tanner and Sean long enough, Cassie, but the, I mean, those are the two. They're the guides. They're the ones that, that find them, that put you on to the deer, that just about guaranteed success. The deer whispers. You spend enough time with them, it's like Christy. Oh, now I know what deer smell like. I do smell them. Oh, yep, there's four deer right over there. It's like, kind of crazy. I didn't believe people could actually smell deer. But once your nose gets tuned, once you've been around them long enough, you can smell deer. <clears throat> when you have been in the presence of God, you recognize the presence of God. When you've been in communication with him or been around people and paid attention to what they're doing, what's like, <laughs> I see my grandson put on the brakes and go slamming to a stop with his eyes peeled on the side of the hill. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to see what he's looking at and I'm going to experience what's up there. Oh, that's what he stopped for. He actually sees deer. That's what those things are. Those little, little white things moving around up there. Or that, oh, man, that brush is actually moving. That's antlers. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Being in the presence and around 
people that are familiar with the presence of God, that can take you by the hand, that can lead you to, that can show you, that can allow you, help you, encourage you to be a part of an encounter with God is the kind of people that you want to hang around with if, if your desire is to have more of him. If you want to go deeper, if you're content with warming your hands by the fire, with having relationship with some like-minded people, you know, there's a place for you in the church too. But if your desire is to go deeper with him, to fulfill the purpose that he has for your life, the church is a place for you to be trained, discipled, brought up, and sent out to do what it is that he's called you to do. Every one of us, though, I'm going to go back to this. Every one of us is called to us like, hey, friend, let me take you to meet my family. And when you're in the presence of my family, they're going to end up pointing you and introducing you to Jesus and some of the benefits and the goodness of what he has for you. There's hope for you. There's a family here that you can be a part of. Jared, you're putting pressure on me now. I love this guy. What? Oh. Oh. So you got to train my eyes right there. It's like, yes, absolutely. I do love that girl too. My eyes train to Jared. He's here every day. We're going to talk about gifts here in just a second. Now, I want to read Ephesians 2, starting with verse 18. For through him, through Jesus Christ, through him, 18 through 22, Linda, I, I sh for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now therefore you're no longer strangers and foreigners. Pastor Rutzen used to have a, a, a saying that you're a stranger here only one time and then you become like family. And that's our goal. See, one of the things that I have said in staff meetings over and over and over enough times that I don't have to say it in staff meeting anymore the, one of the primary goals that as a staff, as a worship team, as, as believers here at the church, is that we establish an environment for you to end up having your personal encounter with Jesus. That our goal is to create that environment so that each and every one who comes here has his or her opportunity 
to meet the king, to have their personal experience. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now, therefore, you're no longer strangers, no longer foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Now, that's the church. That's the church. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles, the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone of the church, in whom the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also have being built together, are being built together for a habitation of God in the Spirit. And his desire is to live in each and every one of us. We are to be collectively together, that temple of the Holy Spirit, that God do a habitation for God. And when we become, I'm going to almost feel like I don't have time to go through a lot more scripture. When, when we become that habitation, I will go to the scripture, then, then we have access. I'll tell you one more story, then we're going to go. Pastor Tim Martinez is, has been on staff since, since February 1st. He came on, on, on staff here at Valley Church as assistant pastor, and he's doing an incredible job. How many people here just love Tim? Yeah, he's, yeah. Kid's amazing, and he's growing in leaps and bounds in, in the Lord and in leading in the Spirit, in, in, in leading us in the Spirit. It's like, wow, so, so, so awesome. When Tim came to work, he, he was being trained up for this job in a secular job. He was managing a, a department and a place in Boise and being trained for what he was coming to do, for what he, he was called to do. And he came here and he said, all right, here I am, pastor, my first day. It's like, what do you want me to do? See these weeds? <laughs> no. No. He says, where am I going to set up my office? Where is my office going to be? I says, Tim, see that desk over there? You get to share my office with me. It's like, what? I don't have an office? Yeah, right over there. Tim, you're going you're to be in my office with me. It's like, are we building a divider? Are we putting a wall between? No, 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 Tim, you're going to be in my office with me. It's like, you're serious? Yeah, I'm serious. You see, Tim, when you spend enough time in my office and we're together, I'm going to really get to know your heart by all of the things that happen and take place in this office. And you're going to know my heart. You're going to know where I minister from. You're going to know where I preach from. You're going to know the experiences that happen that take place in this office. You're going to know my heart, Tim. And I'm going to know yours. And as you develop and as you grow in this, in hearing all of the interactions that I have with the people, with the staff, that everyone that comes in here, and me with you, 
as you grow in that and learn my heart, because my heart is after his heart and his heart's after my heart, then Tim, when the time is right, you'll have your office. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I understand. The other day, it's been nine months. I said, Tim, are you ready for your own office? He said, ah, not yet. No hurry. No. So it's really, it is really interesting when we really get to know one another's heart, when we get to experience one another and, and know each other's heart, spend enough time together. And that's what Tim was sharing up here last week or a couple of weeks ago, taking his kids somewhere where they went through something and they saw a heart beating inside this, this thing that they were in. This, and he said, it just reminded him, it's like, wow, getting close to that thing and seeing it and feeling it. He said, man, this is, this is a spiritual revelation to me. It's getting close to the heart of God, learning the heart of God. Like, you see, when we have his presence living in us, we have... <laughs> We have access, and I've got tons of scripture to go with this. I may have to talk some more next week about this first. But we have access not only to, to the heart of God, but learning his heart, what his heart beats for. When we spend enough time with him, just like chasing those deer, seeing what they look like, seeing what they sound like, the, the, everything from, from, from noises to smell to... You know what, when we get that close to God, when we spend enough time that we know his heart for people, we see people so differently. Because God starts changing our perspective and how we see and how we think because we just get more and more familiar with him. Just like Tim and I share in the office together, like, I know that kid's heart now. I, I know his heart. Nine months, I, I can, okay, Tim, whenever you're ready, you can have your office now, whenever you're ready. And when, when, we're, when we're spending that time in the, in the presence where we get to know his heartbeat, where we know what he wants, what he's thinking, my Bible tells me that I have access to his wisdom, to his mind, to the heart of God, to the mind of God, to his wisdom, that I can hear from him, that I can hear his wisdom. It says... It, it says that the church, that the church, that the manifold wisdom of God will be made known to principalities through the church. Principalities in rulers and principalities in heavenly places, the manifold wisdom of God will be made known to powers and principalities in heavenly places through his church. So are we called to a higher calling? Are there not many, many levels? It's like the church is not just a place to come and warm up. The church is not just a place to get healed up not just a place to get well, not just a place to have relationships and friends, but it is a place to be established in the wisdom 
of God, making principalities and rulers in heavenly places aware of the manifold wisdom of God because we've been granted access through Jesus Christ to the wisdom of God. This makes sense. That would be Ephesians 3.10. Let me just go ahead and read that to you now. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which God accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Mm. 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 Let's drop down to 20. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. And who is that? Who is him? Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. It's like, oh, 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 oh. Let's read this again. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. Oh, oh. what does that say to you? It's us. Us is us. Do you get that? Say with me then, us is us. We're the ones that according to that power of his who can do exceedingly abundantly more than we would ask, hope, or think through us. Wow. Have you seen it like that before? To him be glory in the in the man what a quiet crowd to him be glory in the by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end and together everybody said Amen. <sighs> Ephesians 5:23 let's go ahead and read Yeah, we can skip down to 24, or, or yeah, 23. <laughs> Wives submit, or 22. Wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ. This is the part that I really wanted to get to. As also Christ is the head of the church. Say it with me, Christ is the head of the church. It's not a man that's the head of the church. It's Christ is the head of the church. Together, Christ is the head of the church. And the Savior of the body. And the body is? Therefore, I'm just going to change this. Therefore, no, I'm not. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands and everything. 
but this is about the church. Just as the church is subject to Christ. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the and gave himself for it. What did he give himself for? What did he give himself for? His church, yes, the church, his church, that he might sanctify and cleanse it. And what does it mean? It means us. That he might sanctify and cleanse us with the washing of water by the Bible, by the Word of God written in the Bible. I'm going to go with one more scripture. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the... What does he do? He nourishes and cherishes the... Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand together. Father, we give you thanks this morning. We thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for your love, and we thank you that you gave your son, Jesus Christ, to be the head of the church, that he came and he died. He bled and died. He gave himself for the church, for us as the church. The church is his plan, is your plan, to save this world to draw them closer to you, God, that we would be those that grab somebody by the hand that we see that needs it, bring them in, introduce them to the family, and introduce them to you, Lord, that you would just give us the opportunity, that you would give us eyes to see those that so desperately need you, and the boldness to take them by the hand, bring them into the house, introduce them to the family, and let them experience you. We give you thanks and praise, and I speak boldness over this congregation to do exactly what you're called to do, what he emboldens you to do, and what he shows you to do. In Jesus' mighty name, and together everybody said.